As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Have you been avoiding conflict lately? Are you afraid that if you speak your truth to someone, you might damage the relationship permanently? Is inner conflict eating you up inside? Maybe you're thinking one thing, but doing another, and you just can't seem to get your head and heart to line up. As humans, we all deal with conflict. Join Jennifer McKenna now as she talks to business leaders about the importance of conflict and how we can all move through it with greater grace and ease, ultimately taking our relationships and our lives to the next level by facing conflict courageously. Welcome to the show, Conflict Rising. This week we have a very special guest, Dan Goodman, who is... Um, the grandson of a refugee. Uh, it's just a fascinating, heartbreaking, really excruciating story um, from the Holocaust. But I hope everyone sits on the edge of their seats as they listen to it. And most importantly, that by the end of the show, we all feel as though we can come to some kind of an enlightenment about opening our hearts and our minds and our borders to those in desperate need of support. That is my goal, so I am going to put that up front because this show is about us working through conflict and it's about recognizing the conflicts that are really dividing us in today's world and how we as individuals um, are just really being called to find our compassion and empathy and move through the inner conflict that it causes for us because we are all just up to our eyeballs with responsibilities as working parents and adults in a modern world with so much coming at us all the time, good news and a lot of bad news. And so the the goal today is to take this really difficultly and painful story and turn it into some kind of hope and inspiration for us to move toward positive action in today's conflicted world. So Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I, uh, I really appreciate getting the opportunity to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So Dan, for those who have not read the very brief synopsis and have no idea what this is about, I'm not even gonna do it justice. Um, uh, I just want you to kind of take us through your family story and then we're gonna start talking more about it. 
Sure. Um, so my grandfather, Helmut Gutmann, uh, in 1943 was uh, living in Berlin with his wife and son. Uh, and in, uh, I think it was April of that year, he was deported. All of them were deported to Auschwitz. Um, within a day or two, I, it's, it's so hard to know, uh, as there aren't great records on that, but, uh, very, very quickly after they arrived, his wife and my, his son, my uncle, uh, were murdered. And my grandfather was sent to the Monument Wits work camp. Um, and for those who are familiar with Ellie Wiesel's work, um, actually my grandfather arrived in Auschwitz about a month or two before Ellie Wiesel and his father. And when my grandfather was liberated, he was liberated about three bunkhouses down from where Ellie Wiesel was. So if you've ever read Ellie Wiesel's work, you have a pretty good understanding of what my grandfather's experience um, was. But and may I just add very quickly, Dan, that for those who have are not familiar, I strongly encourage you to read some of his work. It is incredibly powerful. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. just had to give my little editorial on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, so, but, you know, it, it's funny because how this all came about, uh, Jennifer and I are, are both business leaders and we were talking one day and we got on to kind of my, my family legacy around the Holocaust because it doesn't end with my grandfather. Um, you know, also his sister was working in an orphanage in Berlin and she was also deported to Auschwitz and died there. And, you know, the, the stories I've heard through the years are that she refused to leave the children and that my grandfather had been working to try to get all of them out of Germany, but the, uh, the, the gates closed, so to speak, before they could escape. Um, but, but then actually some of his family was able to escape. Uh, his oldest brother was able to get his, his uh, parents and, uh, his family out, and they immigrated to Canada along with uh, my grandfather's youngest sister. Another brother ended up going to Africa, where he served in the Rhodesian Army during World War II. And uh, his, I think it's his second oldest brother, uh, actually had tried to escape on the SS St. Louis, which is the the passenger liner that had gotten to Cuba uh, and when they arrived at Cuba, they were refused entry. And then the captain, knowing what awaited all of the Jewish passengers back in Europe, tried uh, unsuccessfully multiple times to get them accepted in the United States and Canada and finally had to go back to uh, Europe. And my, my great uncle was very fortunate. He was, uh, amongst the passengers, he and his wife were let out in England. Uh, for those who went to France or Belgium, I, I think 250 of those passengers ultimately ended up dying in a death camp. So. Mm. It's, it's just, ugh, it's just horrific. Anytime I revisit Holocaust stories, you know, they're just so painful. And, and if you've ever been to the Jewish Film Festival, 
you would see many incredibly powerful documentaries and movies that have been inspired and made in honoring stories like this. And I, I try to go once a year with a dear friend of mine who is a member of that um, festival organization because I think it's too easy for us to live in a contemporary world with all of our conveniences and just allow ourselves to conveniently forget um, and isolate ourselves with all the technology. We don't really have to do a whole lot to have a comfortable life when you're living in a modern world. And I, I intentionally go to these films um, and do deep dives into these stories to keep my heart open because yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's just these stories are just so just heartbreaking. So where, where does that, how does that leave you when you started digging into these stories about your own family? I cannot imagine the emotional impact that it must've had. Yeah. You know, um, it, it I think it's very interesting because I'm 43 years old and I, I, I would imagine I have to be one of the last few people around my age who my, my uncle was murdered. Uh, now he was only three years old at the time. Um, but the, the impact is profound and it's lasting. And, you know, in some ways I, I feel, I think a little bit more like a first generation survivor. But, you know, the marks, and even when you look at the research, right, um, these things stay in your genes for generations mm -hmm. um, and an impact. And it's, it's, you know, certainly the Holocaust is, is well documented, it's well known, but it's simply that we know so much about it that it stays in people's consciousness, but what's happening all over the world, any refugee population, they're going through similar experiences. It might not be as systematic, it might not be government driven, but the experiences and the traumas that are forcing them to run for their very lives and the lives of their family, the, the, the trauma's the same and it, it lasts and, and ripples for generations to come. Yeah. So I know how painful it is for me when I see in the news politicians that are spinning it and, and doing fear mongering and, you know, and causing whole factions of our society to kind of what I what I perceive as making an excuse for not not doing anything uh, to support refugees. It's, you know, talking about threats of security and all these things and and um, I know for myself, when I see what has been done to some of these children and these families at our borders, um, I, 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 it, it breaks me. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It, it, you know, and I, I think a lot about it. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, there's a depersonalization that I think is at the root of it, that they, there's this inability to recognize yourself in the suffering of another that mm -hmm. allows for these kinds of things to happen. I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, 
these are crimes. What's happening at our border, that's a crime against humanity. The separation of the children. Now, will anybody ever be held to account for, for knowingly doing this? I, I don't know. But, and, you know, maybe it's part of my background, but I, I can't help feel that as an American citizen, I am complicit in these actions, even though it's something I would never personally do, the thing that keeps sticking with me is what am I doing to prevent this? And I, I, right. I think about it against the frame of what my family went through. Mm-hmm. You know, it true, there is evil and selfishness in the world, but I, I don't think that's the majority of the world. I, I think silence is the biggest culprit that we're allowing this to occur, that we're not yeah. raising our voices. And I, I feel guilty about this because I, I ask myself, what am I doing about this? How am I trying to make that better? And I, I, I don't think that I'm doing enough. And I, you know, it's, it's just what we were talking about. You know, I, I spent my day-to-day dealing with invoicing issues. And, right. you know, at the same time, there are 2,000 families that are separated by our government mm-hmm. that are in terrible suffering right now. And it, it is a lot. And, and what do you do with it? And how do you do something? And so um, how do you – so there's there's – for me, there's multiple layers of emotion that this these types of situations evoke. And for me, there's the layer of just abhorrence and shock and trauma associated with what our country is actually doing and how we're positioning ourselves in, in the whole refugee dilemma, I'm just going to call it. Um, so there's that level. But then there's the next layer uh, it's like a, you know, it's like undoing the onion, right? Then, then the next layer is, but then what about all the people that not only voted for this administration, but continue to support it and this position because the administration has actually preyed on their fears and their fears inside of these people are real, right? I mean, fear is, it, 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 it's, it's a, a very, it has a very biochemical response. I mean, a, a biochemical response that makes it very feel very real for someone, right? So their fear is real for them. The feelings that that fear evokes is real for them, just as my emotions of abhorrence are real to me. Uh, but then there's that whole layer where I have to really work on myself not to be angry <laughs> at those people <laughs> who... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Aren't fighting harder um, or opening their hearts more. And I have to work really super hard to empathize with their state of emotion and so part of of starting this show was to help me channel those emotions more proactively and more productively so um so i'm 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 sharing all this but i'm saying i'm asking you dan like i don't even have this family background (laughs) and and i get this emotionally involved so for you when you're when you're watching these things in the news and you're recognizing that there are factions of people that still believe that it's the right thing to shut these people out. Where do you go in your own head with that? Hmm. You know, it's, um, it's interesting and I think it's evolved over time. You know, I think when I was was younger when I was a teenager and you know I had a I had a very particular connection to the Holocaust and and to things like this in general uh, you know my when I was a child I, I was exposed to everything uh, you know it was just it was I, I don't know maybe it was my father really trying to understand it and, and feeling it was important for us to understand as well but the events of the Holocaust became really a central part of my identity and, and, and my family's experience became a central part of my identity. And so I think, you know, there was a lot of upset and, and anger over what had happened. Um, and over time, you know, I've really tried to understand that. And, and you know, I ultimately ended up deciding to change careers and become a, a clinical therapist. Um, and it's, it's really interesting just to, to take a step back for a moment and, and, like, to try to put myself in the position of somebody who is afraid and is yeah, essentially reacting out of fear and in in some ways some sense of self-preservation and voted for the administration and, and these fears continue to, to lead them in that direction. Um, you know, when you think about it, I, I think the reason Trump was so successful is that he gave them the belief that he was listening and hearing their needs and their concerns. And I don't think that, and 
Yeah, I, I, I don't want to make this a political thing, but I don't think that the Republican Party had done a great job in the last 15, 20 years of really doing that with their core constituents. And so, you know, it's kind of like time after time you're getting hoodwinked by a politician who says they're going to do something and then they don't do anything. Well, you know, for better or worse, Trump is doing things. He is He is doing really what he said he was going to do. Um, but he's also banning fear. He, he's ruling off of continually making people feel afraid. And, and, and that fear saying, and I'm standing up for you and look at what I'm doing. And, you know, when you're being, when you feel like you're being ground down, having somebody stand up for you and, and fight for you is a really powerful feeling. It's, it's like it, it is being seen, right? Somebody sees me, and they are responding to my needs. Now, I, I think the direction and what he is doing is is really unspeakable. I, you know, but that that basic like, you know, you need to. I, I need to be seen. I need to be heard. That yeah. that is the central part to it, and yeah. that is our act well, that- to win. Yeah, we have to take a quick commercial break, but you're making such a powerful insight. I want to continue this when we return. Connecting you with the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio, IOM FM. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Connect at ometimes.com. Ometimes, creating a more conscious lifestyle. Kathy Williams, host of Sexy Mom Abundant Life radio show on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. On the show, we explore living abundantly in every area of your life. Ways to let go of limiting patterns and beliefs and to step into the flow of creativity and possibility, knowing you are supported by the universe. has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. So welcome back to the show. We're speaking to Dan uh, Gutman about his family history with the Holocaust atrocities and his views on today's world and, and why so many are um, are able to justify our, uh, our 
<laughs> are strong positions on not allowing uh, refugees uh, to, to cross our borders and to, to use our borders as a, I don't know, I'm giving my opinion, of course, but it just feels as though our borders are being used as a pawn in a, a fear-inducing a fear campaign. Um, and that's my opinion. I, I'm very clear that that is my opinion, and many people would challenge it. But it certainly feels like that to me when I see these stories and, and um, read these headlines. And so, Dan, you were making some incredibly poignant, powerful insights before we went to the commercial break. And I wanted to make sure that everyone heard the last point you were making. If you can bring that back into the conversation, I'd certainly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what I was saying is that I, I think what what Trump has provided for, you know, certainly at least a, a large segment of, of his political base is this feeling that their concerns and their needs are heard and that he is, is doing something to address them. Um, you know, I, full disclosure, I'm not a, I'm not a personally a big fan, um, of, of the methods and the tactics, but he, he is keying in on something really powerful, which is, I think that this group of people, they don't feel heard. And, mm -hmm. and let's be really clear. There, there's a lot of pain in the world. There, it, you, we don't have to, to go outside of our borders and talk about refugees to talk about pain and suffering in America. You know, how many people are working two or three jobs and still paycheck to paycheck? How many people are never going to be able to retire or will only be able to retire and, and live off of meager, uh, a meager subsidized life uh, you know, these things are not okay. And, and you know, I, I often think about veterans. And when I was doing my first internship, I, I worked with homeless veterans. And, I, you know, I, I, I am personally horrified by our treatment of these men and women because I, I quite literally owe my very existence to the service and sacrifice of the men and women of the United States military and the families and everything that they sacrificed and suffered through, I, I am here because of it. Um, and we, we, we need to listen. We need to, to be willing to hold space for their concerns because they need to be addressed. They're real. These are real painful realities that people are, are facing. Absolutely. So, you know, the points that you're making are really, they resonate so strongly with me as a culture change consultant. When I go into a workplace, I have my, the first phase of my work, I call the discovery phase. And what that means is I'll go in and I will interview one-on-one -on -one confidentially multiple people from multiple areas of that organization. And uh, so that I can get, you know, the real truth about everyone's experience. Where are they? What are their perspectives? And I take all that information. It's all very subjective information. And I go back through and call it to make it objective, right? What are the common themes? What are the common 
comments, comments and, 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 and fears and thoughts and that type of thing. And so what I'm saying is they feel heard through that process, right? So they've been frustrated. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be called in if the culture were impeccable, right? If they were having mm -hmm. this fantastic experience all day, every day, uh, they would never call me. So when I go in, I am usually meeting with a lot of people who really have been sitting on this feeling for a long time. And so I'm able to establish trust with perfect strangers almost immediately. And a major element in that is my ability to simply listen and authentically and genuinely listen to their concerns. So I think you have made an incredibly powerful point because that is what's happened here. You have people who are suffering in their own right, not to the extremes that your family did clearly. Those are two, they're on two different sides of a spectrum, but they're suffering and they need to be heard. I think then what we're kind of naturally implying is that it's sad um, and for me, anger inducing, I just go in and admit again, <laughs> that the way they are being heard and what's being happened, what's, be, what's happening with that information is what I would perceive as a manipulative way to make us feel safer when really, in my opinion, it has very little to do with our safety. But if you're struggling and you finally feel heard, you feel very secure in that relationship. So they have very high trust in this man. Um, so I, I digress, I've done a deep dive, I've taken you way off course. I wanna come back and I wanna revisit your family story a little bit more. You gave a great intro sure. in the beginning, but you know, it, it's, I wanna do a little bit of a deeper dive into really your grandfather's full experience because you know, um, between what you've said and what I've read, his wife and son were both murdered in death camps. Um, mm -hmm. He was beaten and dehumanized. He was forced into slave labor. He was forced to wit witness multiple other atrocities. Um, I think he was probably near starvation uh, by the time he was liberated. How much time, do you even know the timeline that he had to endure all of this? before he was actually liberated? Yeah, actually I do. So, but, but first let me just say that, you know, when I was growing up, I, I had almost none of this information. And, and I think that that is an important thing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, for, for anybody who is you know, either a refugee or a descendant of a refugee. There, it is this complete interrupt of, of identity and family identity that occurs. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, um, the Nazis were great at keeping records. And so through the years, I've had all of my grandfather's records traced. And as I try to piece together what his experience was, you know, I don't think I mentioned it, but my grandfather actually died in 1961. Um, so he died when my father was eight. And, I, you know, my father probably never got to, to and in fact, I do know this, that they never talked about this with, uh, with my dad and his sister. Um, it's just other family stories that you use to try to piece this stuff together. But, but because I have records, I can tell you, he, he spent about two years end to end. He was, it was uh, roughly April or May of 1943 that he and his family were deported. And he was liberated by the 8th Army in April of 45, I think. So it was, a, it was two years. And then um, I, I have been able to trace Red Cross records that, that have him trying to reestablish contact with his family in Canada. And, and it simply saying that he was hungry, he was starving. So even after the Holocaust, um, most Jews were put in these uh, DP camps, displaced person camps, and, and, and the suffering continued for numerous years. And, and finally, he was, uh, he was able to immigrate into New York. And then he, he went to Canada, where his family was in Montreal. After one winter there, he said never again. And he moved to Florida, where he met my grandmother. So Wow. It's just an incredible story. And so you was it your uncle that had gotten onto the USS St. Louis? Was that it was that it was my great uncle, my uh, my grandfather's brother. Yes. Yeah. And so on that so that side of the story um, is that that was the ship that was denied uh, both by Cuba and the U.S. Yeah, and it's you know you bring up I'm I'm glad we got back here because we we talked about the concerns that people lift for not allowing refugees in our borders right now, right? That they might be ISIS or that they're spies or that they're here to do nefarious things. So when the St. Louis got to Cuba, they had, they had permission to go there. These, these people had permission to immigrate to Cuba, but it was the, the Nazi propaganda and the Nazi 
uh, diplomatic effort that convinced the Cuban government that they were there as spies and saboteurs and infiltrators. And that is why Cuba, at the very last moment, denied entry for the, uh, the people on that ship. And there actually, I think there's a book and a movie. The book was written in the 70s, and I think the movie is from the 70s, but it's called Voyage of the Damned. Um, and I, I, can you imagine, right, you are, are fleeing what you know to be reasonably at that time certain death? Mm -hmm. And you get to where you have been guaranteed refuge. And then they don't let you in. Yeah. And, you know, as I, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big history person. I think history is very important to understand. And there are a lot of references of people committing suicide that on, on this boat that they just jumped off. And rather than go back to what they were facing in Germany. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think part of the reason why I keep derailing the conversation with my own <laughs> issues um, is because it feels like we've got all these historical document, all this historical documentation about refugees and their suffering and, and all the atrocities that happen. And, and we know history repeats itself, right? So I think that there are many of us who are sensitive to that. Um, and, and maybe sometimes we are too sensitive to it, right? Maybe sometimes um, the situations today aren't as belligerent as they were then. I don't know. I'm not a refugee. I'm not living. I'm not walking in those shoes. But I do get very uncomfortable when some people suggest that it's not real that these refugees aren't suffering. What do you, what do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> I mean, you know, to me, I just hear it, yeah. it, it, how it goes through my filter is, I hear somebody saying, not my problem. <laughs> well, but, um, you know what, I think that's exactly, I, I think that's exactly, and I think it also, you know, we, we talk about fear, but one of the things that we haven't mentioned is scarcity. And mm -hmm. part of it, I think, is also a scarcity mindset that mm -hmm. there's not enough to go around. And if look, if you're barely making it here in the United States, which mm -hmm. is by all accounts one of the, 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 the best places to live, best point in time to live is maybe right now in the United States. Um, but if you're struggling here, yeah, and you think somebody is coming to, to take what little that you have, you know, I think that that plays a, a part in it as well. And so fear and scarcity. Um, and and also it's a little bit maybe, I, I you know, it's, it's so weird because it, it's just so, it's just so not true, you know. And, and this is the thing that frustrates me about the conversation um, that has been happening in our political discourse recently. Uh, the Make America Great Again relies on the assumption that we are not still a great nation. Mm -hmm. 
and we are a great nation. We, you know, even if you, you know, no matter how you want to benchmark it, we are a phenomenally well-resourced nation. There's nothing, there's no lack. We, we have never stopped being great. And, and yet when we, you convince people that that's true, well then how can we afford to give anybody anything? Why are we letting these people in here? We, we're struggling and trying to claw. It, 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 it's just not true in, in the whole. But an individual experience um, within that segment of the electorate, there is truth to it, right? Like, mm -hmm. if I am struggling, I'm struggling. And, you know, what do I do with it? And how can I let more people in when I don't have enough for my family, for myself? Right, right. I, you know, and, and I, I, <laughs> I'm of the mind, and I know that I'm rare, so I own that, right? But um, I'm of the mind that I don't want to be wealthy if that means that multiple other people are suffering, right? That doesn't mean yeah, I want yeah. to be poor. It just means that I want all of us to prosper. So let's pick yeah. this conversation back up when we return. I think that's a great place. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of Ohm Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going On? My passion is sifting through information, research, and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers, and researchers pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics, and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here, and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness, and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, and together we can discover what's really going on. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Dan Gutman, who has shared his amazing family story and his thoughts about how relevant it is, his family history is to his current life experience in today's world. 
and living here as an American. So I appreciate this conversation, Dan. It's, it's so authentic. And I think oftentimes so many of us bite our lips and don't speak up because we don't want to cause conflict, right? So instead of yeah. having a thoughtful and meaningful conversation, even if we may differ in our opinions, um, we instead swallow it and then that creates tremendous inner conflict. So either way you go, none of us are winning. And what I like to do is have conversations that allow for us all to open our hearts and minds to the possibility that everyone can win. And then when we agree on that basic premise, that that's something we want to aspire to, then we can start putting together a new game plan. <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah. kind of my overall philosophy. So when you touch into um, a scarcity mentality and how that's playing such a big role in today's conflicts around refugees and um, and border patrol and all these you know greater uh, cultural and societal issues. Um, scarcity does play a huge role, right? Um, there is mm -hmm. a fundamental mental framework within each of us where we either default to believing there's not enough for everyone, therefore we have to compete, uh, me and mine, and we have to go after what, what's ours, and we have to, you know, hunt and gather in a way where it's competing with everyone else because there's only so many things we can hunt and gather. Um, or mm -hmm. you have a mental framework that is more communal, right? There's enough for everyone. We just need to divide this up differently or we need to um, use our resources differently or we need to make different level decisions. But, you know, I'm the latter. I admit it. I'm the latter. I really believe in the win-win. I believe that what prevents us from ever finding it is the inability to actually seek it. And if we just make that choice to shift, um, and I do this all the time in the workplace. So I see miracles happen every day when people just simply open their minds and make a mental paradigm shift to actually believe in collaboration versus competition. And so I, that's what you've touched, touched on in, in your comments um, that resonate so strongly with me. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I want to I do your family's justice in their story before we end the show because I, I keep digressing and I keep forcing you to go into your opinions <laughs> about today's <clears throat> world. And I, I want to make sure we do justice to your family. So when you go back and you consider that your, your great uncle uh, took the ship, he was denied uh, a few ports before they ended up in England. But, and you said a lot of people on that ship actually committed suicide. Um, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Because 
of their just terrifying thought of, of returning uh, to where they originated. But there were over, when I read up on this, there were over 900 people on the ship. Um, and not, I think not counting the ones who committed suicide, 250 or more were actually later murdered in Nazi death camps. So the ones that committed suicide, I guess, were somewhat prophetic that a lot of them were going to end up back where they started. True? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, it's so interesting because I, uh, I, I think I saw a news article, and this is not this year, but maybe just two or three years ago. Justin Trudeau actually or formally apologized on behalf of Canada for denying the SS St. Louis entry into Canada on this wow. voyage that they were on. Yeah, so it's it's still, you know, mm. yeah, and so about a third of them uh, were lucky enough to go to England and, and disembark in England, and those people, you know, given given that England wasn't the safest place in World War II, um, <clears throat> uh, were, were the fortunate ones, and then I think France took uh, a third, and then I, I believe it was Denmark? I, I could be wrong about that, but they, they took a third. And then, you know, as the war progressed and the Nazis took more and more territory, those people ended up uh, being caught and deported to death camps where they were murdered. Mm. So your great uncle was one of the lucky survivors and your grandfather was just, it sounds like just by nothing but will to live, that man survived. And so yeah. did they all go on and, and, and what were their lives after all of this part of history passed? You know, it's it's so interesting because um I I often reflect on this and in, in my own life when when I am struggling. Um I, I think about my grandfather a lot. And and what did it take? How do you move on? You know, your your wife, your son are murdered, you've been beaten and dehumanized for two years, you know, and, and yeah, it's interesting, I, I have always gravitated, and I, I think a lot about uh, things that are happening in Africa and, and, and the Congo, in those conflicts, um, mm -hmm. and how do people move forward, how do they survive, how do you go on after having experiences like that. And I've, I've, I've been able to use the fact that somehow he was able to move forward to, to help me get through difficult moments in my life. Um, but to go back to your question, um, his brother, uh, who he had, he had uh, even I think before this point, he had changed his name from Salas Gutman to Stephen Godwin. And Stephen ended up in Orlando um, and he he and his wife lived in Orlando. I think he passed away in the 70s. Um, I'm not quite sure what he did. He wasn't in phenomenal contact with, with my family, as I understand it. But, he, you know, I, I did have other family in Florida. Um, his, my, my grandfather moved to Tallahassee and was a, he was a general manager of a couple of fabric stores until he was injured in the workplace. I, kind of a bizarre, ironic story where uh, when he had been 
in Monowitz, he had been hit in the neck uh, with uh, like a billy club by a guard and it had fractured his neck. Mm -hmm. um, and some, you know, 14, 15 years later, as he was working, there was a fan blade that flew off of a ceiling fan and hit him in the neck in the same area. And that ultimately started a health cascade that led to his death in, um, in 61. Mm. Um, yeah, but my, uh, my uncle, my great uncle Noka, the one who had been able to get his parents and his family and my, his youngest sister into Canada, he, he was in Canada and he passed away not, not terribly long ago, around 10 years ago at 97. Um, so, you know, generally the family did well. The, uh, my great uncle Heinz, who went to Rhodesia and was in the army, uh, I think lived in Rhodesia for a while, South Africa, ended up moving to England. Uh, and he passed away, I think, in the late 90s. But, uh, you know, through through time and through a lot of research and a lot of effort, I was able to reconnect with, with a number of people in my family. So, yeah. Well, I I just so appreciate your sharing your thoughts and insights and, and story. And, you know, I think that what I'm concluding from all of this uh, is that any of the ideas that um, conjure up images of uh, refugees who are um, not in, in need of health, right, that they're more of a threat to society than they are um, in need, I think we, we can dispel those with just a greater understanding of what it is to really hear a refugee story, right? To just really listen, even if it's not a historical documentation, but if you're, if you, if you can just Google stories out there of today's refugees, they are out there. And, you know, in terms of resilience, you talked about how you've thought about your grandfather and how he made it through so much so that when you're struggling, as we all do at times, um, how do you pull that kind of inner strength? And I will tell you, uh, I have lived through multiple uh, hardships, most of them self-induced, just from stupid decisions along the way in my life. But um, nevertheless, I, I have had multiple uh, traumas, and um, from a health standpoint, financial standpoint, you know, uh, there was a, a point in time when I, after I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was self-employed and I had two small children, um, that I, I really faced homelessness, and it was a, it was a very tough time. Uh, I had was very weak physically, incredibly weak financially. Um, and so I pulled my mental and emotional strength from within by reading these types of stories. Yeah, you know, that's fascinating. Um, yeah. yeah. In fact, Eli, yeah. the, the author that you um, quoted in the beginning of the show was one of the most profound for me that when I would read story, these stories, um, it would inspire me and it would motivate me to, to keep going. That if they could do that, I can do this. And I think that more than anything else from this story today before uh, the, the show closes is what I want to leave listeners with that instead of cowering in fear or allowing ourselves to be manipulated by fear and scarcity mentality, that we actually 
use the situations and the stories to inspire us, not to scare us, but to inspire us to pull the very best of ourselves up and out of our own fears and our own hardships, where we can be powerful forces of light um, and, and love and compassion and strength, true strength in this world. So um, before we close out the show, Dan, what would you like to add or what would your closing words be to our listeners? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I like so much of what you just said. Um, and I, I have done the same and I find it to be really helpful. And I think it gets to this central point on both sides of the coin that this relates to our ability to put ourselves into another person's experience or position or be able to see ourselves in them. Uh, and, and that is what is helpful, both in terms of in moments when we need inspiration, but also in moments of just needing to understand. And I, I think the last thing I would say is that Ultimately, I, I think what we're asking people who have a, a negative perspective on refugees is we're asking them to see the humanity in this person. And I think for us to, to really be able to do that in a meaningful way, we need to do the same thing with that person. Mm-hmm. to look at that person and try to understand what are they going through and what what is it that is creating this circumstance where they're holding this belief? Because it's ultimately related to some need and some concern and some pain. And if we can model for them what we're really ultimately asking them to do for refugees, I think that that provides an avenue for us to, to actually have a meaningful conversation. Yes, absolutely. I know when I was going through my hardship many years ago that I was um, the target of a lot of uh, scrutiny and attack because people, even those people who love me, um, my hardship evoked fear um, from within them. And the fear yeah. caused them to blame, right? How could you get yourself in this situation? How could, you know, it was, it, which makes the situation so much harder because you're already so broken. You're already struggling so hard. So to have people yeah. that you believe love you turn on you in that way is really catastrophic. And so I think if we can just, take what Dan's saying and be empathetic. And instead of judging, anytime we feel compelled to judge, to just pause for a moment and just put yourself in that person, person's position. And if you don't fully understand how they got in the position, ask the questions, but don't ask the questions in accusatory fashion. Ask them in a truly authentically inquisitive fashion, fashion because it will astound all of us when we find out what people are really living with and where the circumstances they are trying to overcome. Um, we all want to believe that we are mighty and self-sufficient, but there are times when we need help. And I would not be in the very strong position that I am in today if it weren't for a handful of incredibly compassionate people. It just that's just a fact. So let's all 
pull, you know, it, you mentioned, Dan, the uh, slogan that Trump has used, make America great again, and you make the point that our country is great, it always has been great, yes, we have flaws, but we're a very strong force in the world, let's use it for good. And one of my favorite bumper stickers out there today is the one that says, make America kind again. Yeah. So. Oh, goodness. Heavy conversations. <laughs> thank you. Really, oh, really you so deeply much. appreciate this. And oh, so I, is I, there anywhere, I know you've written a lot about this. Is there anywhere you can tell listeners to go to read up more on your family story? You know, I I, I actually haven't written uh, enough about it. And I, I did a couple of Facebook posts in 2015 when the I, the Syrian refugee crisis reared its head and um, I can I can forward that to you so you can post it on your website you're you're more than welcome to share it I I, I would like to share it I and I you know as I think back in in what more could I have done because I I, I kind of feel like I called where we are today and I saw it in 2015 and I I saw some of the root cause, which is, you know, a lot of what we talked today. Um, and I, I worry, well, I, I worry that I didn't do enough. So if well, if you're you doing a lot today by sharing fantastic. this story. Yeah, you're doing a lot today by sharing the story, and I am happy to share it with others. So thanks again for joining well, the show, and I'll see everyone else next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.